Welcome to the History Slam podcast from ActiveHistory.ca. Here's your host, Sean Graham. Thank you, Adam. Welcome to the History Slam, everybody. I am Sean Graham coming at you today, nearly live from Ottawa, Ontario, with a very special edition of the podcast today. Because back in July on Canada Day, the Canadian Museum of History over in Gatineau opened the new Canada Hall after a complete refurbishment of the old Canada Hall. They took the old Canada Hall, took it all apart, the fourth floor above where Canada Hall used to be, which was the face-to-face exhibit for anyone who is, who's been to the museum. They took that out as well. And they completely redid Canada Hall. This was a major project for the Museum of History that was a bit controversial at the time when they announced it. They did consultations with people across the country. I know a lot of historians were involved in that process. And the museum hired a lot of new curators to be part of the team who that was rebuilding the new Canada Hall. And it opened on Canada Day to some pretty good reviews, but here at the podcast, we thought we should experience it for ourselves. So I went to two of our favorite guests from the past, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Aaron Boys, making a return appearance to the show, and Madeline Klosky, who has been on a couple times in the past as well. We went over to Gatineau in August on a Thursday, and we walked through the museum, and we looked at the new Canada Hall in all of its splendor. And what you're about to hear in in the show is us going through it in the process of going through it. So we have different segments from when we were there. The first segment will be before we go into the museum. We talk about what our expectations are a little bit. Then we have a segment after the first third, the way the the museum is set up is actually quite interesting, uh, or or the Canada Hall is set up is quite interesting to me at least, where the old Canada Hall, you walked in and you walked through all the way to the finish. So you started at the old Canada Hall with the Vikings and you ended in contemporary Canada on on the West Coast was the setting of that. And there was no exit through that whole exhibit. What they've done now is Canada Hall is in thirds. So there is a part of it that is pre-European context. So uh, an entire uh, a section entirely devoted to indigenous history prior to European colonization in Canada. And that exhibit or that part of the exhibit comes back to a center point. It's actually very reminiscent of the Canadian War Museum, if anyone has, has been there, that's the best comparable that I can think of, of the museums I've visited in the country, where you go through a segment and then you end up in a central place back where you started. So you go through that first third of the exhibit, you end up back in the center where you start, then you go through the second third of the exhibit, which is Canada from the first contact with Europeans through Confederation, those major events. And then you actually go upstairs for the third segment. So you you end up back where you started after the second segment. And then there's a ramp up. And where the face-to-face exhibit was is the third part of the exhibit. 
which goes chronologically up to contemporary Canada. But then there's also a thematic section there as well, where you look at some of the major themes that have emerged in Canadian history. And all of this is open to the exhibits below it, which was the case for a lot of face-to-face where you could see into Canada Hall from there. But this feels a lot more open in terms of having a connection between the different exhibits. So geographically, it's a little different from what it was before. And if you go and you only want to see a, a specific third of the exhibit, you can. You don't have to walk through the whole Canada Hall. So organizationally, it's interesting in that regard. So what you hear on the podcast is we'll talk after the first third. We have a section of us experiencing the Confederation part of the exhibit in that second third. Then we'll have a bit of a recap of the second third. And you'll hear us as well after the third third. And then we have a section, a longer section, where we try and break it down, look at it in its in its totality, which we recorded. We went outside and sat on a bench outside the museum for about 20 minutes and broke it down and talked about what we liked, what we didn't like, and our overall takeaways from the museum. And for those of you who have seen it, hopefully what we say rings true to you and, and it's familiar and we're not saying anything out of turn. I think we've... We're very fair to the museum and the exhibit. And for those of you who haven't seen it, hopefully it gives you a good sense of what is included in the new Canada Hall. So without any further ado, here are Madeline Klosky, Aaron Boys, and myself going through the new Canada Hall at the Canadian Museum of History. Okay, we are at the museum. We haven't gone in yet. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Boys. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. And of course, Madeline Klosky, you're... Third appearance? Fourth? I mean about that. Thank you for having me again. Okay, so so we're about to go into the Canada Hall at the Museum of History. None of us have seen the new one yet. Nope. Now, Madeline, you were saying you don't really remember much of the old one, right? No, I think I, I went years ago, and, and that has since left my, my brain for, for other things. So it's I, I don't know if I'll have the comparison that you you guys have. Okay, so, but with that, what do you expect? Uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm actually not expecting too much. I'm going into this very cold turkey. I haven't read anything about it. I just kind of want to see what it is and take it for what it is. That's a very mature approach. Well, I work for the government now, don't you know? Right. That's true. Yeah, you can't prejudge. Now, now, Aaron, you've been here a bunch because you've worked here. Yes, that's correct. So, what are you expecting? Um... I'm expecting an updated version of it. Uh, I haven't been here, I haven't seen the exhibit in about three years, and uh, I'm pretty sure the last additions to it were something like uh, early 2000s, maybe up to 2010 might have been the last update. Uh, so I'm just expecting like bigger things, like more technology, more screens, less uh, scary puppets. If that's, that's fair to say. Like you know, you know, the mannequins in there, especially for people who remember the old ones in the in the ship at the beginning of the exhibit. There's these creepy guys in there, and I'm always thinking to myself, if I was ever here by myself, I'm sure they'd come to life and get me. Aaron has just highlighted why my brain has forcibly forgotten the original Canadian Hall. So. Well, the the cool part was the guy who was dying too. Yeah, like he was on his deathbed giving his last rites. That's one of the, that's one of the guys. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, right. it's awesome. Yeah. So I'm expecting that they've. I mean, when we came up, they've they've redone the geography of it. We're entering in a different way. The thing, the only thing I really hope they kept was the old. Uh, French Canadian town with yes. the creaky floorboards yeah, um, and maybe the church 
uh, the was it the Saskatchewan Church? Um, I think. I remember um, that. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I wonder if they kept the the town from the 1930s, like the city street with yeah. the uh, with the shops and whatnot. Yeah. So I mean, I hope some of that stuff is still here, but but we'll find out. All right. So we ready to venture in? Let's do this. All right. All right. So we just walked through the early Canada exhibit. And there's, they've, they've divided this up now. So it used to be one straight hall. Now there's three different areas. More like the War Museum. It's divided into areas. So we just walked through Area 1, which is early Canada, up until the conquest. 1763. 1763. So, initial thoughts, Madeline. Uh, it's not what I expected from a museum in this day and age. I miss the, the Royal Arch. Mm-hmm. leading into it. I miss, uh, even though those dudes in the ship gave me the creeps, I miss those guys because that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was expecting maybe a little more visitor participation, if that's fair to say. I, I think that's fair. I think that it's very um, traditional. It's a lot of um, presentation of artifacts with accompanying text. I think it would be very difficult for... Um, families with small children. I know it wouldn't be my first place if, if that was what I was looking for. Um, mainly, I think the biggest issue for me is the lighting here is very dim and very dark, and, and I'm not really sure the purpose for it, but I find it really difficult to uh, take in most of the exhibit because the lighting is so difficult. Yeah, it's much darker than the old one yeah. uh, used to be. Uh, there was a cool, a couple cool things. We enjoyed the entry right when you go in. Yes. There's an origin story. Um, in a, I'm not sure which language it is, but it's not in English or French. Uh, I don't know really if it was listed. I'm sure it's listed somewhere, but there's I, a, we didn't see. I didn't see it. There's a few more technological advancements. There was mm-hmm. one where you could do a virtual tour of a traditional fort, which I thought was very interesting. I, I think more of those would have been nice. They had done one like uh, for Quebec City. You know, try to recreate yeah. Quebec City or a, a French Canadian town from the 17th century. I think would have been really cool. And I really enjoyed the um, francophone folk music that was playing right. in the one portion as well. I thought yeah. that was a really interesting auditory component. Oh, yeah. That yeah. would have been interesting to have more of those throughout as yeah. well. Yeah, I think the best thing in there, they did the family tree for one of the Fidua yeah. who yeah. within five generations had 600 descendants and they made an actual tree and yeah. went out. That, that was the coolest thing I yeah, think. That was cool. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard to see in places. and um, Yeah, not quite as interactive, I think, or, or experiential as the other one. Yeah, yeah it's very, very text-heavy. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the, the first one. The next one is from 63 up until... 1914. So we'll get all the Confederation stuff, uh, rebellions, all that good fun stuff. Right, Nation so, building stuff. Exactly. All right. So so let's head in there. Yeah. Okay. So we found something really fun. It is a Parliament game. Uh, Madeline's gonna play. Okay. So we're at a newscast, and uh, it's right at Confederation. What you're hearing too is uh, uh, fireworks. Yes, we are not shooting one another. Yeah, fireworks over a, a mock-up of Parliament Hill. Um, so it's Confederation. Canada is just a thing. And we're in Ottawa. And we're passing laws. Talking about Parliament and how laws become uh, yeah. passed. And how you become a member of Parliament, an MP. Right. So now... Um, it's asking, well, in Madeline, which province or territory is your riding? Well, you're from yeah. British Columbia, so I so, feel yeah. so, because we're we're from Ontario, so you... Uh, I, I will think, pick the best riding, which okay. is Vancouver Island, but okay. I think we all know that. Okay, let's create our MP. Okay. 
<laughs> I mean, okay, so we have a big blonde afro. Yeah. Um, a red tank top. Oh, no. Canada a Canada t-shirt. I mean, we have to look at all the options. You guys have never played video games, right? Like, character design takes the longest. Yeah, okay. No, the Canada t-shirt wins. So, okay, okay Canada well, t-shirt. I think you jumped ahead with the... We oh. have to check all the hairstyles. Okay, so there's a mohawk, oh. a burka, a yarmulke, a turban. turban, a... I don't know what kind of haircut that is. I don't know. Um, the Stephen Harper look. Yeah. And then the Go big the blonde afro. afro. The, a blonde afro. afro. Um, so, so you can be in a wheelchair. Yeah, we're on feet. Uh, I mean, so we're going to go with the wheelchair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And you're representing all of British Columbia, apparently. So yeah. do you, what, do you, what do you want to improve? Cultural so, heritage, trade, the environment, communications, or transportation? What's most important to you, Madeline? Well, uh, I, I would say um, transportation. I lived on Vancouver Island. The ferries blow. Okay. So you are running to improve transportation. Yes. Fantastic. Let's see if they nice. vote for you. You've so been elected. Ele- I was oh my elected goodness. by Look at default, that. By, by, by a claim. It's because I wore the Canada shirt. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what did it. Yeah, you're really playing so to your base. Now I have to propose a bill to the House of Commons. Ooh. So we're going to... We're going to debate. And this okay. is going to be a rock, paper, or scissors... scissors. Face-off. you got to win two out of three to get your bill passed. Okay. Debate. Um, best idea. You're mistaken. Oh, you win. Oh, nice. There you go. So, you're up one nothing. All right, rock versus scissors. Against a representative from the ZZ Top party or something like that? Yeah, but but there's no... Oh, my goodness. Maybe from the hair metal area. So, my bill passed. Your bill passed. Okay. So, now it's going to go to the Senate. Although once we get to the Senate, there's just a bunch of empty speech bubbles, which and seems, no one's saying anything. I mean, symbolic of something. And they've approved it. But they didn't say anything. How can they approve it? There also seems to be a full Senate House, which I'm not <laughs> sure is a thing that happens. That is also true. Uh, Governor General now is going to give royal assent. Once the bill has become assent, it becomes laws, or is given assent, it becomes a law. And that really looks like David Johnston, I have to say. I know. Now yeah. the bill is a law. Nice. So the representative parliament has done its work making the laws of Canada. And now we can celebrate. Oh, and you get to... This is a coordination game. Yeah. It's texture, dexterity. Which I'm not good at. Not good at all. Nicely done. Well done, and now there's fire, more fireworks, and look, people on the hill dancing and celebrating. We can see you with your big afro down there. I know. Very exciting. Yeah, well, congratulations, Malin. I it didn't say what your law did, though. I mean, not important. I've improved transportation, <laughs> and I believe that's all you need to know. Okay, so we just finished Section 2, and we're about to go into Modern Canada, which starts in 1914, for anybody keeping score at home as to when Canada became modern. So, section two, I think we all liked more. Yes. In section yeah, one. I liked it quite a bit more. I thought that it had a lot more interactive elements. Uh, there was more 
uh, interesting presentation of artifacts, I thought, than in the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was more auditory elements. There was more games and things to play. Yeah. And the lighting was so much better. Right. Yeah, it was much brighter yeah. in there. Yeah, there's a lot... Uh, it felt bigger because yeah. of the lighting. It felt like you were in a bigger space with more room to see everything. It's not like you were too cramped trying to look at everything quickly to get out of it. Yeah. And I think we were all happy to see that they kept the church. Yes, the church uh, from Alberta is still there. Um, And they added a different, like, interactive screen in there, which was nice. Mm -hmm. So, so, yeah, section two, we're we're high on two, so we'll see what happens in three. I'd, I'd also add something we noticed was that where previously in the museum's indigenous content seemed to sort of stop once you got to a certain point, mm-hmm. they've made a really conscious effort to include indigenous content yeah. at every stage that we've been through so far, and I think they've done it in a really interesting way, so that's been a real positive. Yeah, it doesn't feel forced. No, no not it, at all. It, it, it feels natural. It, it feels like like they were part of the history. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see if that continues. In section three, we'll see what they have about the two wars, and uh, we'll see how Canada is modern. All right, so we are outside of the museum. It is a beautiful August day in the nation's capital. Might rain. If it does, we'll run, I guess. Uh, but but we just walked through modern Canada. Modern Canada, very different structure from the rest of them. Uh, it had the chronology for a bit. And then it went into thematic approach. So, so, Madeline, we'll start with you. What did you think of modern Canada? Uh, I liked modern Canada because I thought it had more interactive elements. It departed more from the traditional style of here are artifacts with some text that were more present in the previous two modules. Yeah. Uh, so I really appreciated that. I did find the skip from, uh, you know, you, you go through the chronology up until present day and you sort of feel like it's over and then you turn the corner and then you almost repeat the chronology in a thematic approach and I think the right. themes were um, things like indigenous people yeah. there was uh, Quebec yeah. um, immigration human rights security. and security and like inter- Canada on the international yeah. stage so all really important themes and themes that I think you know some of which were missing there was a section on Canadians with disabilities right. LGBTQ rights things like that things that are very uh, you know important but I I guess I was sort of disappointed that they were disjointed from what was presented as like the primary narrative right. and instead presented as something that was an alternative narrative right. so that was sort of where I think it fell short, but it was very nice to see that those elements were included. Aaron? Uh, Madeline touched on a lot of the things that I felt as well. I I did appreciate, just like the second module, that there was, uh, it was more of an open feel. There was, you know, you didn't feel like you were suffocated by artifacts and whatnot. There was more room to explore, more things to see. Obviously, moving to modern Canada, you've got the benefit of video. um, So you can show video clips of actual people saying what it is that they had to say. So I like that. Um, Like Madeline said, I, I think a little bit more technology would have been a fair thing. I mean, I, obviously they had the interactive things, but I think, that, you know, give it a little bit more. Um, in the in the old Canada Hall, a lot of it was the physical life-size things, so they took away that element, and I feel as though something could have replaced it, and that could have been more technological advancements. More more, t- more talking heads, more, more different things like that. I think that would have added a, a nice little touch to it. Yeah, I, I think I agree. It was... Uh, 
sort of just yeah it felt very what you would expect at a museum like yeah. it didn't feel like a museum that was necessarily built in 2017 if that makes any sense like yeah. it didn't feel like a new exhibit uh, in, in that sense and especially with the modern stuff I did like there there was a few places where they had music oh yeah could, the music was a nice touch yeah and you could pick songs from different lists even though you hate Neil Young for some reason that I'll never understand and it makes no sense so you know that sort of stuff I mean they made use of, of stuff where they could um, now, overall, having now walked through Canada Hall, what are your overall impressions? Uh, well, first, I'd just like to add that while it does seem uh, an older museum stylistically, I would say that something that was very updated and refreshing in this exhibit was that it addressed a lot of the negative parts of Canada's history that perhaps were less present in previous exhibits. Um and are often not showcased, so I will say that was refreshing and, and more of an updated uh, approach. But overall, I would say um, it was interesting. I liked that the content was updated, but I found the presentation to be somewhat disappointing and a little bit difficult for, um, in I, I guess, a little bit difficult for people who maybe um, ha- are looking for something to do with their family or with kids or something like that. It was very text heavy. And I think that I, I overall would, would have wanted something more interactive, something more visual. Right. And I actually, I might, I think there was less text than the other Canada hall. It would be my take. It was just the text was like each paragraph seems shorter than the other older ones, but maybe there was more of them. I don't know. I think that's probably true. There might be more of them. And I also think that a lot of the exhibit was left to rest on the text and the presentation of artifacts. Um, Whereas the few areas that had interactive components, there was text, there was artifact, then these were supplemented with an interactive component. And I think that made it a lot better. It wasn't just resting on the fact that somebody had to read something. Now, recognizing that we live in a world where budgets and funding are a reality, I understand they maybe couldn't afford an interactive element for every part, but I do think there were some parts where maybe things could have been could have been done a little differently to make it more compelling for the average person. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And and Aaron, uh, Madeline basically touched on everything that I would say as well. Uh, I do like that it was updated. It it, it presented different parts of our history, um, different themes, uh, different people, different ideas, which I thought was great. Um, I felt as though this one, and I said it throughout the, when we were wandering through that, it was very people focused, mm-hmm. which is also a very interesting take. Instead of it being a more abstract, this is our history, here's what it is. It's more like, no, 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 our history is made by people. Here's how people shape them. There's images of people, not just things, which I, I definitely appreciated there. Um, Madeline said it as well. I mean, the more of Canada's history presented, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, you know, the celebratory, everything. It, it, we're not, or at least the, the creators weren't willing to, or don't, didn't want to hide anything from the visitors, which, which you got to appreciate in this day and age. You got to be able to take everything in and appreciate the history for what it is. Yeah, the historical narrative, what was really good. And one of the things that I think really, is really interesting as we sit here and talk is that in talking to people from other museums in this town, before they redid, the the Canada Hall was one of the criticisms the hall got was that there weren't enough artifacts in it and that some of the the stuff that was in there was made specifically for the museum like the old French Canadian town the the west coast 
uh, what was it? It was like a... Well, they had the old airport. The airport was... The Vancouver airport was one. They had... Like, it was like a northern lodge yeah, type right thing. Yeah, right yep. So, so the, people would complain that those aren't real, actual things that they were made for the museum. And now they have all these artifacts and it. Maybe it swung too far the other way. I don't know. I think the challenge is interesting because I do think artifacts are important. These are pieces of our history. It's material history. And I think that people are genuinely interested in those things. However, I think the challenge is making those artifacts come to life and showing them as active pieces at a certain point in time, or at least that that's what they were. And I think just placing them on a shelf with a paragraph doesn't necessarily uh, project that activity, that you know, dynamism that I might be making up words here. Uh, it's the end of the day. But, um, you know, those elements that would make them exciting and interesting, like these used to be things that were in use, that were alive, that were, you know, important and part of everyday life. And just the static nature of putting them on a shelf with a paragraph doesn't convey that. So I think this is just a challenge in general and something that needs to be addressed in order to you know, bring these inanimate objects to life in some way for people who are coming to the museum. Now, you've worked, of course, on museum exhibits in the past. I mean, how do you address that issue? That's obviously really tough. You have to have artifacts uh, in an exhibit because you can't really have an exhibit without artifacts. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to try to put these things to life, especially when you're talking about things that are thousands and thousands of years old, you know, very frail, very fragile, um, very valuable. So it's tough to put those things out there. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you how you rectify that. Yeah. And, and so another issue that we found, or th- that I found, was I'm not sure how well the museum now works as a museum, a narrative museum. Whereas before you had First People's Hall, then you would go up to Canada Hall. So, so Canada Hall would start with the Vikings, right? And then, and then it would go on and so forth. And I, I can see why they want First People's representation in Canada Hall. But that first hall felt very much a recreation of what happens downstairs in First People's Hall. So I do wonder about the the overall structure of the museum. Well, I do think that it was a bit of a recreation in some ways, but I also think that it's really important that they've made attempts to present indigenous peoples within the context of the entire narrative of Canada and one thing I really appreciated here was that it wasn't separated or relegated down to a separate gallery it was part of you know Canada's hall like the entire story of Canada and not only that the indigenous content did not stop or was not cut off at a certain point where we then switched to the story of anglophones and francophones and immigrants in Canada I really liked that indigenous content was incorporated the whole way through and that especially in the final module where we had the section on Indigenous people and Indigenous rights, it really brought those issues into a current context. Like, these are things that are still going on, still being discussed, and things that are very present for people who live in Canada. Uh, And I really appreciated that. So as much as in a couple spaces it got awkward or wasn't quite chronological... I really appreciated that it was integrated into the fabric of the rest of the uh, sort of narrative story that was being told. 
Absolutely, I, I completely agree on that, and I, I do just wonder about sort of how how you bridge now. What what is the motivation for people to go downstairs? Is is sort of my question, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you start in Canada Hall. Then what is then the motivation to go downstairs? And, and that I, I just I, I wonder about. But as a standalone hall, it mm-hmm. makes sense as a structural piece. I think. Um, what do you think? I agree. I, I remember we were talking about that. It's really difficult. How do you juxtapose the Canada Hall starting with the earliest times to the First Peoples Hall? And I, I don't know. But it, but we also mentioned that it's very difficult uh, when we got to the, the wars. Uh, the Seven Years' War is very, very quick. But, of course, there's a larger Seven Years' War exhibit at the War Museum. And then we were speaking about the First and Second World Wars. There's very limited space. And we said that we appreciated that they didn't go too... The creators of this didn't go too far because, obviously, the War Museum has those. And it's you got to strike that balance. If you've got these two national museums, you don't want to be stepping on each other's toes. No, you're absolutely right. And, and similar to that is, like, in the modern Canada exhibit, the 20s and 30s are represented by the CBC and the group of seven and that's it and you think well that's kind of rushed and there's not really a lot there but then at the same time you're not going to devote too much wall space to the 1820s as a standalone decade so you know you don't want to get too biased in terms of what has happened the most recent so it's an interesting challenge i think to have to put that together chronologically it did it did feel slightly strange that last section that it went from Everything else had been chronological to that point, and now we get into the thematic. I thought that was a little jarring, just based on how it all went together, would be my take. Uh, but the other thing that I, I really did like about this was the use of the space. I think having it separated into three sections, a much better use of the space, because it allows people to have a central place to rest if you want to sit down. You're not in the exhibit as a whole, but you could still see sort of throughout in most places to the other exhibits and upstairs yeah the museum fatigue is a is totally a thing it's if, if you're in a one hall and you've got to go for an entire hour hour and a half without break you get really tired and you're trying to read everything you're trying to take everything in it's a lot to absorb so i definitely noticed a lot of people sitting in the main area taking a break you know kind of taking it all in we saw a bunch of families chatting together whether they were talking about the hall i don't know i wasn't eavesdropping but it at least provides a space to do that so that you can take a breather you know sit for a minute and then go back in and try to absorb more that way so that i think really helps instead of just one very very long winding hall right you know i i agree with with what you both said i think the use of space was very interesting i think that they were able to fit quite a bit and not you know a super large space and the only thing that i would perhaps you know as a visitor might appreciate is there's a few areas where i think they could uh if possible have a few more off ramps from the exhibits i think there's a couple areas particularly on the top the third module um, there's really only two ways to leave, and neither one is very efficient. Um, and I think there's a couple areas there where they maybe could have added another way to to get out, if you will. Yeah, because you get to the end and you're sort of what hit the far end of the hall, and everyone mm-hmm. has to sort of weave their way back. I did enjoy we got to make our own little characters. Yes, that was cool. I, I enjoyed that. So overall, let's uh, let's do the negative first. Um, the things that we think could still be improved. I think a big one for Madeline for you would be lighting, certainly. 
Yeah, I mean, as someone, like, my eyes are terrible, and I had a really difficult time, and I would say the first module, absolutely, it was, it was unpleasant for me because of the lighting. It improved in the other two, but that's definitely something that needs to, to be uh, looked at, I would say. And, and for you, areas of improvement? Um, although I'm going to sleep better because I didn't see the creepy mannequins, to, but uh, I kind of miss them at the same time. I miss the life-size representations of things. I miss walking in and seeing, you know, the hull of a ship or the French-Canadian village. And uh, I, I kind of, I, I, I just, part of me missed those things. So I think if they had have kept a little bit more of those elements, I, I think I would have liked it a little bit more. Yeah, a little more of a show. Like even the the old Alberta oil rig that was, yeah. was going all the time, like the, the, some of those showy aspects weren't quite there. And in this type of museum, I think you could have them because it's not the war museum, right? Like it's not uh, I, there are bad things in there, which of course like bad things have happened in this country, but there's space for you know more fun type of things. I think um, so. The, that that I think was an issue. I. Overall, though, I think the big area for me was that that narrative, and I, I don't know if it had a, the clearest overall narrative, um, which maybe is good. Like, the, it didn't have a perspective of Canada is great. It didn't have a perspective of Canada is terrible. It said Canada has done some things that are good. Canada has done some things that are terrible, which I think for us is good to have that. I, I do wonder about if visitors from other countries if they'll sort of pick up on the nuance that is in this museum which i think is is good that there's that nuance i just wonder about about that part of it but that's neither here nor there and i would agree on the lighting and and other things I know. I, I sort of like that there's no overarching narrative, and I think it's good because it puts the onus on the visitor to make their own conclusions after. I really appreciated the balanced approach of, of good and bad, and I like that, you know, I think for me, and hopefully for other people, you come out of there with a few additional things to think about. Um, yeah, especially, you know, in regards to the thematic content at the end, while some of it was a bit awkwardly placed, like, it some of it was new for me and I, you know, I found it really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And we liked, like we saw the thing with Asian exclusion in the immigration yeah, absolutely. section. Like. And I was going to also say one of the things I pointed out to Aaron was they had a whole section on the high Arctic relocation mm-hmm. of the Inuit. And that's something um, that often gets overlooked in lieu of like residential schools or something like that, which are both important, mm-hmm. but just little things like that, that weren't included before, I think are really, you know, are here and it's really important that they are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and in terms of anything for you, improvements, things you liked? Um, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, as a historian, I appreciated the presentation of Canada, as you said. It, it's just, it's as neutral as you can possibly get. Because as we know as being historians, it is incredibly difficult to be neutral because of everything. Everyone has their perspective, perspectives or whatnot. But this presents our history as our history not uh not not necessarily an overarching narrative but just kind of like this this is what happened and as madeline said you can come to your own conclusions i like that um i like the thematic approach uh in the final module i really enjoyed how it was broken up set that you know to address specific things that are really interesting to canada um that makes us unique um that I, I really appreciated instead of just kind of and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened i mean from for a non-historian i know that a lot of people say the problem with history is that it's all dates and 
they didn't do that in this. It wasn't no. just dates. It was events. It was people. It was things. And uh, I thought that was really well done. Yeah. I think that's interesting, too. With all the people, that it was very people-heavy. There weren't that many individuals named, if, no. that, if that makes yeah. any sense, right? It was people-heavy, but it wasn't individually based. Yeah, there were no, like, hagiographies of any, like, right. historic figures. It was just, like, a general, you know, yeah. I, I think I appreciated that there was no um, section devoted to individuals. Yeah, I think that was a really effective way to do it. Not a single person was celebrated or vilified, yeah. which was also, I think, really important because there's a lot of times where you go to a museum and there's always a central figure that pr- plays pr- so prominently and you've got the hero and the enemy, and that, right. that didn't exist here, which was also nice because it really captures the human nature of it. Right, and you look at the way Johnny McDonald's represented in there. They have the thing about confederation and, and how he worked hard on confederation. They also have the thing about how he tried to starve indigenous people in the West. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's not, it's sort of, it's, it's seeing the man in his totality and, and sort of what he did through his, his life as an influential figure in this country's history. So overall, in that element, uh, I thought it was good. Spatial orientation within the building, I thought, was much better than before. So, you know, I think there are certainly areas to improve, but there are areas where this is improved from the old one. So, so I don't know. Overall impressions, if we had to, to give them a letter grade, we've all taught classes before. We're going to give them a grade. I, I, I thought you said grades don't matter. Grades are, are dumb, and I don't like them, so that's why I think we can do it here in a place where ultimately our grade doesn't really oh, matter. Okay, then that's fair. Yeah. Uh, personally, I would say an A plus for content and maybe a C plus for design. Okay, that's fair. I'm just going to give it one overall, and I'm going to give it an A minus um, because there's a lot of really, really good things in there um, that help really build it up. But I think a few of my my own little critiques of it uh bring it down to the a minus but still very worthwhile to come and see yeah i might give it more in the b area uh, i think it's sort of an average like there's stuff that's really above average there's some stuff that isn't great in terms of the lighting that that kind of thing so i would say maybe averages out in, in the b area if we say that a b is in the average range uh especially compared to the rest of the museums in this city you know, there's some you know there's some good there's some bad in there so it's a, a an interesting interesting exhibit and you know I, my feeling was always Canada Hall needed to be updated mm-hmm. yep and now it's updated so you know it can't be overly critical that that they did it because yep. i felt they should so you know overall it's 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 a very different experience like aaron said so i, I would encourage people to come check it out for themselves yeah it, i mean it's it's so tough i mean given the task of presenting canada's history I mean, we've got experts in here and, you know, everyone has their own perspective on it. And so it, it's, it's not, a, it was not an easy task. I mean, there was so much into it. That's why it took three years to, to put it all together. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll still have to make changes. It's only been open for six weeks. So I'm sure there'll yeah. still be changes that are made to the final, final design. So I don't, I don't, does anyone have any last words? That sounds ominous. Like we're going to die, but I, we're I, I don't going think. We're on a plane. Don't worry. Yeah. No, you're good? You're good? All right. I'll do an outro, too. So there you have it. Our thoughts on the new Canada Hall at the Canadian Museum of 
history. And as we say in the show, there's a lot of good stuff in there. There's some stuff that we would certainly improve. But overall, we think they did a pretty good job. And what's really cool about it is in talking to a lot of the people who work in history and heritage in this town and some of the people who I know who work over at the museum, it's pretty cool to have a museum exhibit that they got to do essentially from scratch almost. And it's something that a lot of the people who work in museums who I've talked to about this have said it's almost a once in a career type situation because these sorts of things don't happen where you get to completely dismantle a permanent exhibit and you get, I think it's something like a million square feet of space to work with and and to build a new exhibit. And especially in a museum that is branded or or the mandate of it is to be a national museum in, in the nation's capital. So it's really quite interesting in that perspective. And to see what they did with that opportunity is, is really unique. And, and even just the geography of the building, if you go in, it doesn't feel at all like the old one. And it's a completely new orientation physically, which is quite fascinating as well. So if you're in the nation's capital, we would encourage you to go check it out for yourself. And if, if you live here, if you don't, I mean, if you if you happen to find yourself in this town, especially on a Thursday afternoon, and you can Google the significance of Thursday afternoons if you don't 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 know what that means for museums in Ottawa. But certainly, we encourage you to check that out and and see what they've done and and how they've reflected the history of. Canada and the land that now encompasses Canada before the political entity of Canada existed. So my thanks to the man, the myth, the legend himself, Aaron Boyce and Madeline Klosky, both of whom are History Slam Hall of Famers and always happy to have them back on the show. If you have any questions or comments for the podcast, historyslam at gmail.com. Twitter is at Dr. Shawnee Fever. And if you're out and you see Enrico Palazzo, Please say hi for me. Thanks for listening to the History Slam podcast. Be sure to check out Active History for more features, articles, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes.